Let's get on with the sermon, shall we? It's become a bit of a tradition here at Tamworth Elim Church that every year, um, at some point, Steve and I will go through a book of the Bible. Um, you might remember towards the end of last year, we were looking at Nehemiah. If your memory is really good, um, you remember before the pandemic, we were actually going through Mark's Gospel and we, we nearly finished before um, the pandemic hit. And you can still find our series on Philippians and 1st and 2nd Corinthians on our website if you want to check those out. But this year, as you may have already guessed from Steve's introduction, we're going to be taking a look at Paul's letter to the Ephesians. And this is what I like to call um, an open Bible series because it would be really helpful for you to have your Bibles open in front of you um, and because you're at home today you've got no excuse, you can't say you've forgotten it, um, to follow along with the readings because we're going to read every single verse, we're going to go through this bit by bit um, and it'll give you a chance to maybe take some notes that might be helpful, to maybe um, notice some things that I've missed because I'm definitely going to miss stuff um, if you've got one of those Bible journaling Bibles, you can draw some um, elaborate things as well. So I just really encourage you to have your Bibles open. Steve and I are going to be reading mostly from the NIV translation, but if you've got something else, then that's absolutely fine. Sometimes it can be really helpful to have um, different translations and notice different things in the text through that. And because we are live here today, if you have any comments or any thoughts through the sermon, you can share those in the chat um, and I will see them on my phone here. Um, and if they're really good, I might even bring them up for those in the room as well. So, are you ready to dive into Ephesians? Ephesians 1 verse 1 begins this way. Paul, an apostle of Christ Jesus by the will of God. To God's holy people in Ephesus, the faithful in Christ Jesus, grace and peace to you from God our Father and Lord Jesus Christ. Now this is a fairly um, standard opening from Paul. He announces his name first because letters used to be written on scrolls and you'd have to do an awful lot of unravelling to find out who it was from if he'd waited till the end. And he mentions his title an apostle of Christ Jesus by the will of God, is how he refers to himself. Most of his letters start this way. Sometimes he includes a, a slave or a servant of Christ, but he always speaks of himself as an apostle. And an apostle just means somebody who has been sent, a messenger um, from God, if you like. And then Paul says who he's writing to. God's holy people in Ephesus, the faithful in Christ Jesus. And as Steve has mentioned already, you can read about the church in Ephesus in Acts 19. There was actually already um, a small community of believers in Ephesus that were following John the Baptist's teaching. But when Paul arrived, he introduced them to the Holy Spirit. And then he worked really hard in that city, stayed for a number of years to, to build the Christian community there and help it grow. And he's writing this letter many, many years later um, when he was under house arrest in Rome. And as we've looked at some of Paul's letters in the past, we've needed to do a bit of detective work. We've needed to try and figure out why exactly it is that he's writing this letter. What's the, what's the problem? What's the issue that he's addressing? Who's uh, been naughty, perhaps? That sort of thing. But Ephesians is a bit different because it, it isn't written to address any specific issues with the church, any problems. In fact, 
although in our Bibles it says to God's holy people in Ephesus, the earliest manuscripts have no geographical location whatsoever. It was just left blank. And so it's possible that Paul intended for this letter to be passed among several churches, that this was his way of encouraging and strengthening lots of believers. Something we often say um, here is that the Bible wasn't written to you, but it was written for you. But if Paul had in mind all believers when he wrote these words, then we can most certainly take this as written to us also. And then in verse 3, Paul begins his letter in earnest. And in fact, he begins his letter in the most full-on, the most extreme way possible with one massive sentence. Because in the original Greek, the language that Paul wrote this in, verses 3 to 14 are just one long sentence. Now, mercifully, our translators have included some commas, some full stops, given us time to breathe. Just for a laugh, I did try and read this whole section in one breath um, earlier on in the week. And, um, well, I nearly died. But, uh, you know... (laughs) You guys feel free to have a go at home and, um, and let us know in the comments if um, you manage to do it without passing out. But this isn't really Paul's attempt to punish his readers um, or even bad grammar because it, in the Greek it works. Um, but this is more like a, a form of ancient poetry. This is kind of um, Paul's uh, overture. It sets the, the tone for the rest that follows all the uh, rest of the letter. And so we, we kind of need to pay really close attention to Paul's words here. We need to think about what it is that he's writing. So this is what he says. Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us in the heavenly realms with, in the heavenly realms with every spiritual blessing in Christ. For he chose us in him before the creation of the world to be holy and blameless in his sight. In love he predestined us for adoption to sonship through Jesus Christ in accordance with his pleasure and will to the praise of his glorious grace which he has freely given us in the one he loves. In him we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins in accordance with the riches of God's grace that he lavished on us. With all wisdom and understanding he has made known to us the mystery of his will according to his good pleasure which he purposed in Christ to be put into effect when the times reach their fulfilment to bring unity to all things in heaven and on earth and under Christ. In him we are chosen, having been predestined according to the plan of him who works out everything in conformity with the purpose of his will, in order that we who were the first to put our hope in Christ might be for the praise of his glory. And you also were included in Christ when you heard the message of truth, the gospel of your salvation, when you believed you were marked with a seal, the promised Holy Spirit, who is a deposit guaranteeing our inheritance until the redemption of those who are God's possession to the praise of his glory. Hallelujah, amen. Yeah, so like I said, pretty full on. (laughs) And as I read that earlier in the week, um, I was very tempted to say, as I often have in the past, well, thanks for that, Paul, but that's too many words um, and that's far too complicated. I don't understand all of them, so I'm just going to leave it there and move on. But unfortunately, um, my task today is to try and and unpack some of this, to try and teach some of it for you. So I was forced to to stick with it, to to dive back in. And and actually, I'm glad that I did. Because 
As I started to chip away at this dense wall of words, I found some precious stones, some things that were worth taking a closer look at and perhaps holding on to for ourselves. So, pickaxes at the ready. Let's see what we can uncover. And full disclosure, I'm only going to be able to scratch the surface this morning, but hopefully I can inspire you to keep on digging for yourself. So one of the first gems that I found was Paul's interesting use of pronouns, which I fully acknowledge is a very, very boring sentence, but stick with me. Because Paul switches from us. He has blessed us. He has chosen us. He has made known to us, to we. We are chosen. We were the first to you. You were included when you heard, when you believed. Us, we, you. Who is he talking to? Well, it's helpful here for us to remember that Paul was not actually a Christian. He was, in fact, um, Jewish and uh, very Jewish at that. This is a, the way he describes himself in another of his letters. He says, circumcised on the eighth day of the people of Israel, of the tribe of Benjamin, a Hebrew of Hebrews, and in regard to the law, a Pharisee. It's fair to say that he had this Jewish thing down. And one of the core tenets of the Jewish faith is an understanding that you are chosen by God. You are a part of God's family. And this goes all the way back to God's promise to Abraham uh, in Genesis 12, where he um, promises to, to make his descendants numerous and to bless all the peoples of the earth through his descendants. And when Jesus came and chose 12 Jewish followers to become his messengers to the world, he fulfilled that promise. And so the we, in this context, are the Jewish followers of Jesus, of whom Paul was one. The you, then, are the Gentile followers of Jesus. And if you're not familiar with that term, um, Gentile simply refers to anyone who is not Jewish. And so Paul writes in verse 13, you also were included in Christ when you heard the message of truth, the gospel of your salvation. When you believed, you were marked in him with a seal, the promised Holy Spirit. And here I think he's talking about what happened in the book of Acts, because after receiving the Holy Spirit for themselves and beginning to preach the gospel, the Jewish believers saw the same spirit at work in the lives of the Gentile believers. And we read about this all through the book of Acts. In chapter 15, we can read about the excitement that Paul had in seeing God working in this way. It says in verse 12, the whole assembly became silent as they listened to Barnabas and Paul telling about the signs and wonders God had done amongst the Gentiles through them. And so for Paul, who had grown up in the knowledge that he was part of God's chosen people or family, it was revolutionary to see that Christ was actually for all, that nobody was excluded, that the we and the you had become us which is how he begins the poem. He has blessed us in the heavenly realms. He has chosen us in him before the creation of the world. He has lavished on us his wisdom and understanding. Paul wants the church to understand the unity that now exists among them because of Jesus. And the whole thing comes together in the middle of this poem when he writes, he has made known to us the mystery of his will, according to his good pleasure, which he purposed in Christ to be put into effect when the times reach their fulfillment, to bring unity to 
all things in heaven and on earth and under the earth. We are all one. In his letter to the Galatians, Paul puts it this way, there is neither Jew nor Gentile nor slave nor free nor male or female for you are all one in Christ Jesus. And these are simply the categories of Paul's day, Jew, Gentile, slave, free, male, female. But of course, God's spirit is still at work in the lives of everybody who receives the message of Jesus. And so we need to be really careful that we don't end up creating our own categories of exclusion. That we, if we ever use we and we ever use you, it's not for the purposes of segregation, but rather integration. Because with Jesus, no one is excluded. We are all one in him. There's a lot more I'd like to say on that, but um, for the purposes of time, I'm going to allow you to think about what those categories might be and, and move on. I'm going to put that gemstone down for a moment and pick up another. And this one's quite a big one because it's, uh, it's kind of a three-in-one deal because Paul talks in this poem about the Father, the Son and the Holy Spirit and maybe more specifically he talks about the ways in which we have been blessed by each of them. If you've got some time later on today you can go through with a highlighter and try and work out where each blessing comes from but let me just talk quickly about a couple this morning. Firstly, God the Father has blessed us by making us a part of his family. In verses 4 and 5 we read, For he chose us in him before the creation of the world to be holy and blameless in his sight. In love, in love he predestined us for adoption to sonship through Jesus Christ in accordance with his pleasure and will. And try not to get tripped up by the word predestined here as I know I have in the past. Paul isn't really talking about God choosing some and and not choosing others. He's talking about how God has had a plan from the beginning. He's always had this intention of of bringing us all into his family. Jesus said in John 6, 37, All the Father gives me will come to me, and whoever comes to me, I will never drive away. And of course, John 3, 16 says, For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only Son, that whoever believes in him, shall not perish, but have eternal life. God's plan is to rescue everybody who wants saving, that through Jesus we might become a permanent part of his family. talks about being adopted. I love that, adopted to, to sonship, adopted to daughtership. Jesus says in John 8, 35, a slave has no permanent place in the family, but a son or a daughter belongs to it forever. And so, If I just pick up my unity gem again for a moment, we can now see that not only are we united with each other, but we are also united with God. We belong to this incredible, inclusive, beautiful, diverse family that includes the author of creation. How amazing is that? The blessing of the Father is that we get to be a part of his family. And so what about the Son? What blessing do we receive from him? Well, the Son is the one that makes it all possible. One of Paul's favourite phrases, often repeated phrases in this poem, is the words, in Christ. In verse 1, he tells us we have every spiritual blessing in Christ. In verse 7, he told that in him we have redemption through his blood. In verse 9, we're told the mystery of God's will have been made known to us in Christ. In verse 12, he talks about how we have our hope in Christ. And in verse 13, he talks about how we are included together in Christ. It's because of Jesus that we are made 
holy and blameless. It's because of Jesus that our sins are forgiven. It's because of Jesus that we have this permanent place in God's family. Jesus is the glue that holds this whole thing together. And so we need to strive to remain in him. Jesus talks about remaining in him, doesn't he? Remain in my love, he says. And that's where the blessing of the Holy Spirit comes in. Because the Holy Spirit is the part of God that lives within us. He's described here as the promised Holy Spirit. Because Jesus said in John 14, I will ask the Father and he will give you another advocate to help you and be with you forever. He's described as a seal, like a seal that you'd find on a letter so you you knew who the letter was from because by the Holy Spirit's work within us, we are recognised as God's children and he's described as a deposit guaranteeing our inheritance because the Holy Spirit secures our future. God is fully invested in us. He is all in on you. And so in this poem, Paul paints this beautiful image of the Father, the Son and the Holy Spirit working together, if you like, united to rescue us and to redeem us and to unify us all as the family of God. Wow. What an opening to a letter. I'll be honest, I normally start my emails with just, hey, how's it going? This is so much more. And there's a lot more to be found as well. I wish I had all morning with you to keep picking apart and seeing what other gemstones fall out. I noticed there's one in there about how God knew you before the creation of the world. Before the beginning of all things, you were known to him. I noticed one in there about the the unfailing nature of God's will. That's worth exploring. And another about the riches, the riches of God's grace. Grace is a big theme for Paul and Ephesians, so I know we're going to come back to that again. But I'm going to have to allow you to do your own digging from this point on. And I know many of the life groups are going to be reading this together this week and looking at these words. And if you're not in a life group or you're not studying with anyone else, I do encourage you to, to have a go, get joined in, because the Bible's so much better when we read it with other people. I'm not saying you shouldn't read it on your own, but when you read it in community, it really comes alive. So let me just conclude my talk this morning. I wonder if the band would want to come and join me um, on stage. We're only just getting into this letter today. And I know when we read a passage of scripture like this, and it's so, it's so dense and it's so heavy, and, and let's be honest, a lot of Paul's words are a, a bit like this at times. It can seem a little bit overwhelming. But I would really encourage you that there are so many riches to be found here if we are just willing to to scratch beneath the surface a little. If we're willing to to sit with it, to let it speak to us, to read it, and then then maybe read it again, and then maybe read it again slowly, and, and just reflect on each of these words, and think about what they might mean for you. Today we have discovered in these words that God has blessed us, that he has chosen us to be a part of his family. He's adopted you into his family. That's, that means like forever, that's permanent. We've seen how Jesus has redeemed us, forgiven us, restored us and revealed God to us. And we've seen how the Holy Spirit has moved in, lives within us, secures our future. And we've seen how we're a united 
church, united with each other, united with everybody who receives the message of Jesus and united with God as well. There is nobody outside of his mercy and grace. What incredible truths for us to hold on to this morning. So let me just pray for you before these guys lead us in our final song this morning. God, our Heavenly Father, we thank you for this awesome passage of Scripture, this wonderful opening of Paul's letter to the Ephesians, and God, for all of the truths contained within it. Father, thank you that that in love you rescued us, Father. You had in mind all along to rescue us and bring us into your family, God, to make us a part of all that you are doing. And Father, we thank you for Jesus, for his redemption, for the forgiveness that we have received from him, and for your Holy Spirit, God, that lives within us, God, that keeps us connected to you, that allows us to experience your presence, that drives us, that gives us gifts and lets us live our lives for you. And Father, I thank you also for the unity among us, that no one anymore is excluded from your presence. No one is excluded from receiving that message of Jesus. God, let us not create any categories of division, but let us reach out to the world with your love. and Let us find new ways of embracing those around us with that incredible message. God, we praise you today. In Jesus' name.